on yesterday's show, we discussed about Josh DeBerry, Boston College's starting defensive back, heading to the transfer portal. Today's show is about anxiety. It's about worries. And we have three different topics that we're worried about. I mean, it's part of being a Boston College fan or writer, right? In our first segment, we're going to look at the secondary. I'll explain to you why I'm worried about that group. In the second segment, I'm going to talk about the offensive coordinator position and why we should be starting to get a little bit concerned about the future of that search. And in our final segment, let's continue our discussion about worries as we look at the game on Wednesday between BC and Louisville, a team that's 2-17, and and I'm worried about it. I'll tell you why on today's Locked on BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on BC, this is AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Sports uh, of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. So, as I said, I I get I get a little ripped sometimes for being a, 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 a maroon and golder. I'm going to use that kind of like the green teamers where I'm, I'm way too positive about BC. Today is not me being positive. Today is me just laying into some of the concerns I have about the Eagles. I'm going to start with the secondary. On Monday's show, we discussed the new uh, tra- tra- uh, player in- entering the transfer portal, Josh DeBerry, and the the odd timing of it as this three-year starter starting Nickelback for BC entered after the portal closed. Just seemed weird. And I don't know what the per- what the rationale behind it is. I'm not even going to begin to speculate why. But the fact remains that BC lost one of their more talented cornerbacks. DeBerry uh, was all ACC second team one year, all ACC uh, honorable mention another season. So this is a guy that is very talented. I loved his game. Thought he was a hard hitting, de- solid defender. Had some tough moments last year, but I w- I can't rip on him. But the fact remains that now BC has lost Josh DeBerry transfer portal. Jason Matry transfer portal went from uh, Liberty to Wisconsin. Never got to Liberty, thank goodness. Ended up at Wisconsin, great spot for him, but they lose a starting safety. Jaden Woodbay transfer, uh, I'm sorry, NFL draft. And CJ Burton, who really hadn't played all that much for BC, but was a high draft, a high recruit for them transfer portal to Charlotte at the end of the day, where is the secondary at? They brought in three new names we had on yesterday's show. And if you have not checked it out, I recommend you go and check it out. We had Alex Washington cornerback from Harvard, a really interesting interview. You need to go check that out. We had him on with Victor Nelson, a safety from LIU again, two FCS players and uh, Kari Johnson, a cornerback from the Arkansas Razorbacks. You added in three new names, but you lost four guys. Should we be concerned about the depth of this secondary? You look at where the secondary is right now. You have, you have Elijah Jones. 
he played probably the best out of any secondary play. And I'm, I'm including Josh DeBerry here. I thought he played the best front to back all season. He got hit for a lot of pass interference plays, but I like his play. I think he's very, he's good. You look at the safety position, you have a couple guys um, that have played Cole Batson, obviously. And then you probably have Victor Nelson as your other safety, but is there depth there? Is there guys, are there guys that are ready to play? And then you look at the other cornerbacks between the nickel and the outside boundary cornerback. Do you have enough depth? You have Amari Jackson, who was a true freshman last year, showed glimpses, but he also showed he was a true freshman. You had Jalen Cheek, who started the year off against Rutgers playing, then got hurt after the main game. We never saw him again. Then you have Shoulder Shrug. You have a bunch of names that have guys that really, I mean, you have the transfers. You have, uh, sorry, you have Alex Washington. You have, um, Kari Johnson. So you hopefully have some guys there with some experience that you can bring in, but you know, Alex Washington hasn't played at the FBS level yet. Got to have to say it's a bit of a question mark there. Kari Johnson wasn't one of the more talent. I mean, he honestly, he wasn't one of the top corners for Arkansas. Um, so you have big time question marks still on the secondary. And you lost a lot of snaps. So this spring evaluation period, that's what these spring practices are. They're going to be about evaluating who you have and where they slot. Because you need to figure out you're too deep because you have a lot of spaces that you're going to be filling. Now, you have freshmen coming in. And I think that's important to talk about because... Jeff Halfley has utilized freshmen over the last two years. We saw CJ Burton as a freshman. We saw last year, Amari Jackson as a freshman, and there are freshmen coming in early KP price of St. Francis Academy. I believe is one of the guys coming in early. I know Carter Davis uh, is coming in early. And so they've got a couple and Sean battle their cornerback. So they've got guys coming in, but is it still safe to say that you should be worried about this group? I think it's fair. There's not a ton of experience that we've seen. You haven't seen this new group work together. So in my eyes, when you have a group that hasn't played together, you have to prove it to me. You have to show me what they can do. Show me how they play. Like, can Alex Washington play against FBS players? Can Victor Nelson do that? What about these other guys that haven't played all that much? That's a lot of question marks. And the the part that I worry about, the part that gets me concerned about this group is that this is a halfway year. This is, this as we've said, and we're going to be, you know, we're talking about guys that, you know, are going to have to step up. Halfway is the biggest one that has to step up because this is his big year. If he does not produce, we're going to be talking about, a, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to be talking about a coaching search next year again. He has to put up and a secondary in a pass heavy league, a, 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 a conference that's going to have really good quarterbacks where he doesn't have to face K Klubnik, thank goodness, but he's going to have to face Jordan Travis. He's going to have to pay, face whoever Miami has. If it's Tyler Van Dyke or somebody else, he's going to have to face Phil Dracovic. They're going to have to have a good secondary next year. And I think that is going to be something to watch be a big storyline. 
And so I am concerned. I am concerned. And I'm not saying that it's like I, I am doom and gloom about this. I, I don't see Josh DeBerry leaving as this like uh, meteoric transfer that's going to be like devastating or a, a uh, condemnation on, on Jeff Halfway. I've seen that a bunch. It's not. Look, the, the transfers are as follows. Jason Matry probably just wanted to get a new, new, new lease on life. That's going to happen. He's played here forever. Josh DeBerry played. And the timing of it seems to me, and it just seems in general, like, I don't know, maybe he's got an interest in another team. And CJ Burton, him leaving, that was a Charlotte thing. His head old college co- high school coaches there. He just wanted to go play with them. That's all that was. It's not a it's not a thing about half league. It's not anything like that. But um I think this is a, just a, an area that went from you felt pretty decent about it to we're gonna have to watch. We're gonna have to see what this group can do. And Marty Party, who is one of our favorite, uh, he's one of our favorite comments. If you're out there, cop, you can comment too. Says Hala was a four star. See, only Hala is um, on the depth chart as a linebacker. He's not a safety. Uh, so I don't expect him to play as a safety next year. Uh, that'll be, have to be something, um, to, something to watch. But that was my first concern. This is my show on AJ getting over his anxiety about BC and, and figuring out what's going on. In a moment, I'm going to look at the coaching search. A, a question a, a reader asked, and I want to get into uh, my thoughts about his his comments, which I think are great, and some of the things that I think um, about this you know, big-time um, – higher for BC and why it's so important. And, and I'm still starting, I'm starting to get worried about that one too. But while we are doing this, I want to tell you about our new partner, FanDuel. Love these guys. If you are a, you're looking for a great sports book, FanDuel is the place to go. I'm telling you the NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So I went over to FanDuel today. I... I love this about them. They get their odds up nice and early. If you're waiting, some other places, you got to wait for your odds. FanDuel is like right on. I, they have the odds up, I, you know, at seven o'clock for BC's game on Wednesday, uh, seven o'clock on Tuesday. They're a 10 and a half point favorite against Louisville, which we're going to talk about in our third segment. But if you agree, or if you're like me, you're like, ah, BC, we're going to be careful about that. Head over to FanDuel. So check them out. It's all in the app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150. $150. I'm telling you, $150. That is a massive win right there. And free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, official sports partner, sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, Locked on BC, AJ Black, Marty Party. I see your question. He is listed as a DB on the BC football roster. He's also on, I believe he's on the depth chart as a linebacker, but I, I'm almost 100% sure about that. I've talked to the staff. Um, just we're going to get into that in a little bit. But we're talking about the offensive coordinator position at BC. We're now on to day 11 without 
a offensive coordinator. Frank, yeah, Frank, 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 uh, John McNulty, which I, I, I've really failed during his one year tenure of making wire jokes, the wire jokes, McNulty, if you know what I'm talking about, he left about 10 days ago and be, you know, t- over 10 still has not hired a new offensive coordinator. Now, if you're like me, you've got Pete Thamel, um, followed on Twitter. I have him on a few. He blocked me on my main account because I, I think back when I was a fan, I said something that probably got him upset. Pete Thamel and Adrian Wojnarowski and all those guys. And in the college world, when you're looking, you see, you know, a all the new coaches that come in so quick. I, I think it was just Duke just hired Texas A&M's co-defensive coordinator as their defensive coordinator really quickly after they just announced that their defensive coordinator left. It was like three days, but this is Boston college of the joys of following Boston college. One thing you always can look forward to is that they take literally freaking forever to hire anyone for anything. It's never a quick process. It's never a quick turnaround. They have a pro, you know, they've got to get it approved. They've got to get the board behind it. There's, you know, a whole search thing. For offensive coordinator, it's not a search thing. It's Jeff Halfley goes out and picks who he wants, but he's going to get it approved by, you know, I'm sure his higher ups that are going to have to, you know, sign off on the contract. But we're now continuing to drag our feet. His staff has been very busy on the recruiting trail. If you if you follow my work on Eagle Insider, you saw my post a couple of days ago. There's like 50 offers in the last like three days. I've had, I've had interviews with a, a variety of recruits. I'm going to have one up of a, a Connecticut tight end that you're going to want to follow. It, 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 the, I mean, I'm telling you, if you have not become an Eagle insider yet, it's, you can get a great deal right now. So sign up. You get all my, my work, all my interviews, all my analysis, you get Mitch's work, check that out. But anyways, the offensive coordinator position is still stays, still stays vacant. Now on one hand, you could think, okay, there may be one answer for this, which is that, you know, they're just finalizing some things and it's going to happen soon. And, and Boston college just, you know, they're, they they know who it is and it's going to happen. That could, that could be the case. The other option, and maybe this one is a little more uh, less likely is that maybe he's on working for an NFL team right now. You know, Halfley loves his NFL coaches and he's on a playoff team and they just have to wait to announce it until the Super Bowl. That one seems a little less likely, though Halfley has connections with the 49ers, and there's some players on coaches on that staff that maybe he knows still, especially on the offensive staff. That that seems a reach to me, though. The third and the the my doom and gloom option that I likely of what happens is that we're really struggling to figure somebody out that wants to hitch their wagon to a coach that just went three and nine last year. Like I, I, I think there's guys out there that you could get. And Nick Charlton of UConn was one name I threw out before there's, you know, Mark Whipple. There's a few other names of, of guys you could get. And I don't think you need to even, even worry that they're going to come here. Those guys would get there. My concern right now, is that they've probably offered it to a few people and they haven't been able to hit it. I get the impression. I, I sense, 
and, and I, I don't think it's an unreasonable sense from last year that maybe John McNulty may not have been their first choice last year. So that's just my, my intuition here. If that's the case, they may have struck out again. There's a, a lot going against BC in this search. They have limited resources. They don't pay a lot. They have a specific style. They want a pro style. So a lot of those coaches that do college style offenses, throw those all out. You are a program that is um, in the Northeast that is not in the fertile SEC country. So that could make it a little bit more challenging. And finally, you, as I just said, BC hasn't been good for a while. It, you know, how many coaches are going to want to hitch their wagon to a head coach that is on the hot seat? Jeff Halfley's on the hot seat. He absolutely is. You know, BC, say what you will. It took a little while, but they got tired of watching Steve Adazio drag his feet and do nothing for years. Well, Jeff Halfley has not only just dragged his feet for a couple of years, but last year he bottomed out. Another year of bottoming out, and he's gone. And then if you're an offensive coordinator, say say you're a guy that has decent um, potential. You're sitting there just waiting and, and kind of calling through jobs. BC comes around. Do you jump on that and say, okay, I'm going to try that? Or do you say, hold on a second. I see what's going on there. I'm not sure they're going to be the right fit or that this is going to continue. Maybe I should just wait. It's an honest question to ask. You know, BC is going to have, have their challenges in finding a guy that takes this job. Um, and maybe, maybe Halfley can sell it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. Maybe this is something that isn't as big of a question mark as I think it is. I just see, I just see this as, as a harder job to fill right now. And, you know, I, uh, you, we joked about the, well, not joked. I talked about the offensive uh, quarterbacks coach for Ohio state. The more this drags on, the more likely that it's never going to be a guy like that. Because if you could grab him, you pay him right now and you move on. You, you announce that as fast as you can, but we're just kind of waiting. We're kind of all stuck in the lurch. This, there's a lot of news that have just been kind of not dealt with right now in terms of, of searches. We haven't heard from the school about any of their transfers yet. Um, other than me doing, you know, legwork to get that news out there. But Halfley, I think he's job ahead of him. And there's a whole bunch of comments. Uh, those people just talking to each other. Um so Chris, who Chris, who I know is not a Jeff Halfley fan, is in our comment section and has this to say. Given BC's cupcake schedule at the beginning of the season, it should be easy to at least rent a good offensive mind for next year. So he's a little bit more positive than I am. Uh, and <laughs> Peter Caruso, I'm, uh, I'm just going to leave this before we get to basketball talk. Sometimes I wish BC would hire Urban Meyer or Les Miles. Even though they won't come here, I believe they're the only people who can resurrect BC. Um. There's a better chance that Kate Upton would leave Justin Verlander for me than Urban Meyer or Les Miles ever being considered by Boston College. Both of those guys have toxic really um, backgrounds right now. They're probably the uh, no offense, Peter. They're just not good uh, examples of who should come here. 
Uh, there's plenty of other guys out there that you'd love to see come here that don't have um, awful. Rec- I mean, both of these guys have tons of, of baggage right now. Uh, I don't think either of those guys would, would, would ever be a, a fit, but I, I get what you're saying. Just like you, I think what a lot of BC fans really want is they know that if the school just paid money to get a coach here that they paid a lot for, they could get like what UCLA did with Chip Kelly or paid what, you know, Sonny Dykes did for TCU, all that good stuff. Right. I, I get what you're saying. I just don't, I <laughs> those two names. I was like, Oh gosh, but we're going to get to basketball in a second. Let's get to, let's get, let's talk about my last worry. And that Wednesday's game against Louisville. We'll get into that in just a moment. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. I want to thank each and every one of you that have made Locked On BC your date first listen every single day. Our numbers are through the roof, and I appreciate each and every one of you because it's funny. My my listenership has increased, even though BC basketball is playing bad. BC football is playing bad. I love it. You guys still stick with this, and that I appreciate. And if you are a first-time listener, I have a question. I have a favor to ask. It's not going to cost you a cent. All you need to do is go to YouTube.com. If you're listening live on YouTube, you can do it right now. And hit that subscribe button. Like this video too. It helps tremendously. We're getting closer to 800 subscribers. Where I want to get to 1,000 by next football season. So if you have friends that like BC, recommend our podcasts. Tag them in, you know, tag them over to our, our YouTube channel. Have them subscribe as well. Every subscriber helps. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. I love doing this every single day. And so thank you. All right basketball we're talking basketball here now this is bc basketball such a weird team we we're on the uh you know the heels of a nice win against notre dame you know they just swept their rivals the the fighting irish on a home and home feeling good about that and then you should feel really good that the louisville cardinals are coming to town in a night game nine o'clock start barf to on Wednesday, I hate nine o'clock starts. And the thing about Louisville this year is they are easily the worst team in power basketball of any of the major conferences. They are bar none, the worst team. They are two and 17. They are atrocious. They are the, I, I think their um, Ken Palm last I looked was like in the three thirties. They, they're not even close to some of the teams they've played against. And, and this is a team that just hired Kenny Payne, who I believe is a Louisville graduate, came from the Knicks. They were feeling great about this hire. And now they are, they are, I mean, they're at the point now where they won't do it after this year, but there's talk about firing Kenny Payne after one year. Things are so bad with the Cardinals. And obviously, basketball is king there. So this is a big deal. And then that brings up why the biggest question, why am I worried about this game? I really am. As I just said, and uh, when I was talking about FanDuel earlier, BC's a 10 and a half point favorite at home against Louisville. I, I don't think I could ever imagine a year where BC was a favorite against any ACC team, but over 10 points, which for me, I, I mean, if I was on FanDuel right now, I'd be hammering Louisville just be, just because we've, we've seen BC in these situations. And and that's why I'm getting to this point. We've seen BC in these situations. They, other than maybe George Mason 
they have not been able to anybody on their schedule this year that, you know, every game has been a back and forth. Even the games against Notre Dame, it was back and forth. The Virginia tech game was back and forth. I worry that this Louisville team is not dead. They are struggling, but they are looking for BC play sloppy, stupid basketball a lot, which will allow the Cardinals to get back into this game. And that's what worries me. This worries me because I could see Louisville figure like finding some sort of spark and, and, and beating BC. I mean, I could be wrong here. Maybe BC goes out there and smokes him. Maybe Quentin Post has another huge game. But I, I am so petrified that this is just going to be another joke. Ab against BC because they let a terrible all-time low Louisville team come back and beat them. I just, I get that sense here too, but that's where I'm at. They're going to need to play good, good basketball. They need to continue what they were doing against Notre Dame, attacking, getting the ball to post, letting him kind of dictate where the offense goes and, and go from there. But I'm telling you folks, if, if BC and Louisville, if they lose to the Cardinals, it's going to be a dark day tomorrow on our podcast, but I'll be there. Win or lose, that's what I do. We're the only daily Boston College podcast out there. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you had, and as I said, if you haven't listened to our interview I did with Mitch and, and uh, Alex Washington, Boston College cornerback yesterday, go back to the archives, check that out. Hit the like button on all our videos too. It does help us a ton. As I said, subscribe to us. And thank you all. We are, we'll be back tomorrow to talk the Louisville game, any transfer portal news. Maybe we'll have co- coaching search news as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I, I love you guys all. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I uh, I will see you again tomorrow. We'll see you again soon. Take care.